With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This is the Rich Eisen Show. Let me tell you one thing. The Cowboys won today. I'm insulted when people say I gambled. Oh, let's ignore all the best advice. Baby, let's roll the dice. Dak Prescott is worth every penny. The Rich Eisen Show. Earlier on the show, NFL Network insider Ian Rappaport. Super Bowl champion quarterback Trent Dilfer. Still to come. NFL Network reporter Tom Pelissero. Plus, ESPN senior NBA writer Ramona Shelburne. And now, it's Rich Eisen. Ah, uh, yes, everybody. Hour number three of the Rich Eisen Show. We're on the air here in Los Angeles, California, where um, I, I, I'll be honest, uh, it's 50 degrees here, which is like skiing season. It okay? hailed I mean, yesterday. I mean, it ran. I was bad. You know what I'm saying? Um, so here in L.A., gol- golf outings are being canceled. Uh, that's bad news, buddy. You know what I mean? Uh, good to see you over there, Chris. Hey, brother. Good to see you over there, Mike. I mean, so much so that... You know, pre-pandemic, or if there there are gyms open around here, all, all those, you know, those ski caps and toques that people wear as accessories around here in Los Angeles to make them look hipper and cooler, like you're wearing right now, T.J. Jefferson. Uh, yeah. This is actually necessary to keep your head warm. Necessary. Well, it's always cold in the studio. That's why we always are a little bit. I full bundled up to walk the dog yesterday. Is that right? It was. It was ridiculous. Yeah. Now that's not a metaphor for anything. Not a like, metaphor. Literally walked. Literally had to walk the dog <laughs> at like five thirty, and was like, it looked like I was going skiing. That's one of Brad Sham's favorite phrases, right? When when Zeke runs it in for like, from fifteen yards out, untouched, walk the dog. Walk the dog. You know what the voice of the Dallas Cowboys says all Brad the time? Sham. Well, we haven't heard that in a long time. Hey, Dallas! No, 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 no. Has been paid. He's been pissed. <laughs> Let's go. Settle down just a little bit. Uh, you know, you're overusing that one. I'm sorry. I'll be very honest with you. Well, you, you, you honestly, you've hit that 15 different times today. You've got 19. You got oh. 90,000 choices. Well, I worked out. Oh, Doctor Jones with my oh, rubber gloves. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best. That one, is right? the best one. No. So uh, Ramona <laughs> Shelburne is going to be joining us. The NBA uh, second half of the season tips off in earnest tonight. There were two games. Last night, uh, much of the league returns this evening, and it was one year ago tonight that the league uh, hit the pause button uh, on a season that we did not see restart until everyone bubbled up in in Disney World. And uh, she did a nice, uh, wonderful uh, piece, a deep dive on on the way the NBA came to that decision in the, the crazy year up to this very point. That's coming up here on the show. But on NFL.com, a great piece uh, by my colleague from the NFL Media Group about the the first round grade quarterbacks available and who wants them and who's concerned about them and uh, what does it mean for the draft and free agency that's about to kick into higher gear next week. Tom Pelissero of the NFL Media Group here on the Rich Eisen Show. How are you, Tom? Uh, probably better than I was last March 11th, Rich. I was looking back. Uh, you know, we were talking on TV that day 
about how some NFL teams had started pulling their scouts off the road. If you remember, there were certain teams that put in restrictions for, you know, you could only drive to pro days right. and you, you know, some teams flat out shut it down. And then within 24 to 48 hours, Tom Hanks had COVID and the NBA had stopped playing. Pro days were over and here we are a year later. That's exactly the way it went. No doubt about it. But then the new league year, the, the league was saying, look, we can do this all virtually. And then they decided, let's do the draft virtually and let's keep everything uh, on point just in case everything does work out. And then <laughs> the season doesn't have a single canceled game. And now here we are back for another new league year trying to figure out how it all works with a, a, a lower cap. What are you hearing about? I know that you've been tweeting about uh, so much about this subject matter about teams and how they are able where they they knew it would be less money coming in but are the cuts that we're seeing right now the based on 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 the actual hard number being delivered about 48 hours ago tom there were certainly teams that were delaying some of their business until they had the final number just because they were you know, whether you're doing contract extensions or restructures or you're making decisions on cuts um, you just wanted to have the best feel possible, the most information um, about not just the cap for 2021, but what direction it may go uh, in 2022 and beyond. And, you know, I, I talked to I've talked to a lot of people, you know, between guys who work the salary cap for NFL teams, general managers, agents. Everybody has different information on where the cap is going to go in 2022, 2023. But that all affects free agency. And that's going to be. You know, part of this extraordinarily unique dynamic that we have to deal with is you do have this rash of cuts uh, that is taking place across the league. That rash of cuts is going to continue uh, to next Wednesday and beyond because, you know, if you want to use a post-June uh, 1 designation, save yourself cap space now, you have to do that after the league year begins. So you're going to get cuts there. You're also going to have teams that agree to terms with free agents and then release guys to make room for them. So this is just the beginning of guys uh, hitting the street. And then on top of that, you have uh, the fact that I had a long chat with an agent this morning about this. Since we don't have the certainty on the salary cap in future years, but everybody has a pretty good idea with the new TV money when those media deals are done, and that should happen sooner than later, uh, the cap should spike in 2023. Well, if all the teams are crying poor now and saying we need to do sub-market deals, why am I going to sign a five-year contract? And now getting paid at the 2021 level when the cap's potentially $40, $50 million higher uh, two years down the line. You know, there's, there's so many moving parts. The marketplace is more unsettled than it has ever been, uh, certainly that I recall. Uh, in my, you know, close to 20 years during the NFL, the teams are not, had not put as much information out. There's very few, as much as we like to say, that the, uh, the negotiations allowed to begin on Monday – Usually by this time, there have been a lot of clandestine or not-so-clandestine meetings at the scouting combine. People have a good idea what their market is, and I can't tell you how many people I've spoken to on both sides of this over the past couple weeks who say, we just don't know where this thing's going to land. There's not that much information. And, and maybe we don't know it because we're not seeing somebody, you know, sitting at Steak and Shake together at 1 in the morning. Or I'm serious. <laughs> or, or you know, uh, sharing a glass of wine, you know, uh, in the corner of a steakhouse in Indianapolis. 
They could be doing it by Zoom. We have no idea. I mean, this sort of stuff could be going down very simply that we just have no idea about. So we don't know the tracks to and cover. And it's always it's a it's a comical type of a scene too, Rich. Normally, because you have agents, especially the ones who represent a lot of players, who will be just handing out business cards with the list of their free agents. Some of them have their list of the draft guys on the back end, and you got. You know, every 20 minutes, people are running around. You're seeing people passing, right. especially later at night. Nobody has time to stop and chat. All that now has been transitioned into a virtual environment. There are teams that have had Zooms with agents and tried to talk through things that way. But you know, as we all know from living this for the past year, having those conversations in person is a lot different than trying to do it with uh, – 30 minutes virtually here and there. So then let's try and, you know, instead of maybe some fans are, are, have their eyes spinning in the back of their heads because we're talking numbers and cap and business in such a way that, that might not be translatable, which teams do you think or are hearing with your ear to the ground as it is are best positioned for this uh, topsy-turvy, uh, unconventional new league year free agency period and draft? Which teams are best positioned, do you think? Well, certainly, I mean, the Colts, just because uh, Chris Ballard's been so frugal with all the cap space that they've had every year, they're going to be in a strong position. Uh, the Jets, between their draft capital and cap space, are another team that's, that's well-positioned. They've got a lot of maneuverability. They've got to figure out exactly what their quarterback situation is. Uh, the Patriots are, are pretty well-positioned at this point because they, you know, between opt-outs and some releases, uh, they kind of reset from a salary cap perspective. I would expect that they're going to be active and then you have teams like the browns that always take care of their cap they're always um you know well positioned with a lot of of spending power you know one of the one of the fascinating uh dynamics always is when you have the teams that are restructuring everybody or cutting players like the saints who've been doing this for a decade i mean they have been since 2011 um you know when they had some challenges and a cap penalty and you know they started doing this like they've been a, a perpetual kicking your problems into the future type of situation. There's no magic. That's one of the misconceptions. There is no such thing as cap magic. Every dollar you spend hits the cap eventually. All the teams are doing when they're doing these restructured and they clear all this cap space is, now that hits them later. It hits them next year or two years down the line or uh, whenever it may be. And so, you know, you can you survive like that? The Saints have shown that you can for a long time. But, you know, in a perfect world, they're not cutting Janoris Jenkins and they're not cutting Emmanuel Sanders. They're keeping some of these guys. That's that's the price you have to pay, and this is the rare year where even those teams that don't push their problems into the future are having to make some of those hard decisions because the cap lands at $182.5 million, which is not only down about $17 million for $16 million from what it was a year ago, but is down 25 or $30 million from what one year ago Every cap manager in the league would have said that's what the cap will be in 2021. Tom Pelissero breaking it down, my colleague from the NFL media group. And so um, the second overall pick, and you mentioned the Jets, how they've got a ton of cap space. I mean, they, they hold so many cards. I mean, the dominoes tumble in a way um, that, uh, that, that, that affects so many other teams because we're assuming the Jaguars and Trevor Lawrence because Urban Meyer's not taking this swing at the NFL without the guarantee of, of somebody generationally talented like him being able to ha- uh, be right in front of him and for his choosing. So we're just going to put that aside. You wrote a piece about all five of the first-round-graded first quarterbacks uh, for NFL.com, including Lawrence. So the Jets have that second overall pick. The Texans hold a card, too, if they do decide to put Deshaun Watson on the table. That might affect the Jets' thinking because of their draft capital that they have as well. What did you glean from all of the scouts and evaluators about these quarterbacks that can give us a little bit of a roadmap how the next six, seven weeks are going to play out, Tom? 
Well, let's start with Trevor Lawrence. In my uh, time doing this story, and usually I write it going into the combine, there was no true combine this year, so I did it in advance of Trey Lance's pro day uh, as we really get into pre-draft season uh, starting tomorrow. In all my years, I, I can't think of another quarterback who was as free of questions going into the draft process as Trevor Lawrence. Even last year, when Joe Burrow was the prohibitive favorite, you had a lot of scouts who had put fourth, fifth-round grades on Joe Burrow the prior year who were talking about how you know his arm strength is not at the top of this class, athletic ability is not at the top of this class, one-year producer, um, you know all those types of questions. With Trevor Lawrence, everyone goes, yeah, you'd like him to maybe to have a few more pounds on him. You, know, you, you wonder a little bit why he didn't play better against LSU, why he didn't play better against Ohio State, but he also you know, beat up Alabama pretty good as a, as a true freshman in a 15-0 season. Um, he, he's, he's a guy that nobody really questions, and nobody says that they would have an issue taking him number one overall. The only you know, real debate there is just, is he the best uh, suited player to run the offense that Urban Meyer has preferred in the past, which is going to be you know, have some zone read elements. Not that Trevor Lawrence can't do that, because he is you know, a tall kid, he's a good athlete, he's obviously intelligent. It's really more a matter of do you want to expose him uh, to getting hit a little bit more than he necessarily was at Clemson. But the consensus is he goes number one. The consensus, based on everyone I've spoken to so far, is that Zach Wilson is the second quarterback and quite likely the number two overall pick, whether that goes to the Jets or someone else. With Zach Wilson, he is a, a one-year uh, type of a producer. Obviously he had a fantastic season last year at BYU. Smaller, he's undersized. Um, he's had an injury history, torn labrum, broken thumb, that stuff – kind of put him behind in 2019, cost him some time, and obviously had him fighting for his job uh, come last August and September, but took advantage of it. The big questions there uh, are going to be the durability and also just what kind of a leader uh, is Zach Wilson because teams certainly have heard, and some of this has been written, that he's you know confident, borderline cocky. I had one uh, high-ranking executive refer to it as Baker Mayfield syndrome, where he's got that edge and he's a guy who you like it up to a point. But then when things go sideways, if you're not playing well, you know, can you tow uh, that same kind of a line? So there's definitely an evaluation going on there, but you know, the tape is impressive. I mean, he comes across as a gunslinger. Teams like that, uh, the, you know, the way that he can fit some throws in. Um, and so certainly he seems to be on solid ground. Where things really get interesting is going to be the third, fourth, fifth quarterbacks taken because – Mac Jones has picked up steam from Alabama. He helped himself on and off the field, really, uh, at the Senior Bowl. The only one of those top five quarterbacks who got to go to an all-star game this year, which also means because of the COVID restrictions, he's the only guy who has had face-to-face, in-person time with any NFL team so far in the pre-draft process. Some of the others might get it at pro days, but even that is up to the school. NFL teams are not allowed to set up dinner, visits, Nothing. They're not even allowed to set up time to speak with the player at the pro day unless the school specifically puts it on the schedule. So Mac Jones got a little bit ahead. Uh, he's somebody who teams wanted to dig into from a personality perspective because some of the word out of the school early on, particularly when he was you know, backing up to a tongue of Iloa and Jalen Hurts, was just that you know he was a hothead. He's a former tennis player who was pretty good. Uh, as a kid, uh, he would have, you know, he was kind of the John McEnroe, it sounds like, of the youth tennis circuit where he had some, some fits and, um, you know, there was a question about mental toughness, but he answered a lot of that. He's really highly regarded 
uh, in terms of his football IQ, his preparation uh, is really good. He's just not the best athlete in the class. He doesn't have the best arm in the class. So the question with him is just, you know, can he, how much better can he get? You know, the floor is high, but where's the ceiling? Can he be a top starter or does he top out as a borderline starter, you know, top backup type of a guy? You haven't Trey said Lance. just, you, hold on, just to give you a little bit of a break so you could swallow or get a glass of water. This is amazing, Tom Pelissero. I know it's. No, 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 no. You gave me a broad-based question. No, it is not. It is not. It's also my way to reset for the radio audience in case they're just tuning into this fantastic breakdown. You haven't mentioned Justin Fields' name yet. You're you're, so so that leaves Trey Lance and Justin Fields of people you haven't mentioned yet. So what what's your evaluation of them? Again, Trevor Lawrence one, Zach Wilson two seems to be the way that most people have it stacked right now. Right. Then three, four, five is where it's interesting. We just talked about Mac Jones. Mm -hmm. Trey Lance is kind of the I mean he's a question mark quite frankly because he started 17 games at North Dakota State. Only one of those games came in the past 14 months because their season got moved. Uh, to the spring, and he's only thrown 30 passes in any of those games twice. So he operates a pro-style offense, which everybody likes, but on the flip side, you also are running a ton of play action. you got wide receivers running wide open. You're playing in the Missouri Valley Football Conference, and he had no All-Star game. So everything seems to be good from an intelligence standpoint. People have liked talking to him when they've gotten him uh, virtually, he seems to throw it well enough. They want to see, you know, there's some accuracy questions just because, again, he had guys running wide open all over the place. I spoke to his quarterback's coach, Quincy Avery, yesterday, who told me he's going to be a little bit more compact in his delivery. They've been working on that since October because, of course, he didn't play football after October, so he's had nothing uh, but time to work on that. So they're hoping just to tighten up uh, his stroke a little bit. Uh, but it's also just, you know, can you bet on him? That's what one um, you know executive that I really trust with a strong college scouting background told me was just you know you got 17 games and there's nothing on the tape that's going to give you the answers. Your your question is going to be, do you believe in the kid? Do you believe he can do the things you haven't seen? Because there's not going to be any more tape. You can feel like he's going to make a big jump. You just don't have that additional tape, so you got to take a guess. Now I would say, and you brought up Justin Fields from Ohio State. And I'm not putting him fifth. I'm not ranking him right. in any way at this point. And this is not my opinion. I don't watch tape. I just talk to the people who do this yes, sir. for a living. I can tell you there are some scouts I've talked to who like what they see on tape from Trey Lance better than Justin Fields. There are people who think Trey Lance, even as a runner, is better than Justin Fields. Now, we've also seen Fields be tough, be productive, do it on the biggest stage. Uh, the questions with him arise uh, from two areas. One is, what type of leader is he going to be? Because he is a quieter type of personality. Everybody who's been around him, people who like him, say, yeah, he's a little bit more quiet, a little more to himself. Uh, His first year, there was some criticism just about, did he really try to get to know his teammates? Because he was coming in trying to win the job. Sounds like he came out of his shell more last year. Um, You know, he was embraced there. Now teammates uh, vouch for him. But that just, anytime you've got a quieter player, whether that's uh, Kyler Murray was kind of like that. Justin Herbert last year was kind of like that. You know, they're not the typical alpha male, and so that you know, is something you dig into. And then the other piece of it is just how ready is he for the NFL game because the Ohio State offense is kind of notorious for limiting what the quarterback has to read, and, and that goes back a number of years. Now, a scout texted me last night after reading the story and said, well, you know, Ryan Day does have a lot of pro-style routes that you see uh, him throw, but it's the difference between reading the whole field and going through the progressions versus the way that the Ohio State coaches kind of teach them 
uh, to read plays out. And I spoke to his quarterback coach, John Beck, who said, yeah, I understand where scouts watch that tape and they are, they have questions because I did too. They said they talk through plays about just why is the ball going here? Why on this, you know, you don't have the deep shot and then you just, you don't throw the five yard under route. You take off running. And the answer to Beck was, this is not him being inefficient. Mm -hmm. This is what he's being coached to do. In other words, again, you're in an issue where it's not a matter of aptitude. Everybody says that he's smart. It's a matter of you haven't seen him do it. And so is that going to translate better than maybe some other quarterbacks who have tried to make that transition in the past? A lot of stuff. And the great thing about it, Tom Pelissero, and just to, just to give you more kudos for your piece, you really even didn't even scratch the surface of all the details that's in there on NFL.com. I appreciate the call. Look for my call over the next couple of weeks. Let's keep revisiting this issue because, as you know, the deck keeps getting shuffled, certainly based on what we're going to see next week with the new league year. Thanks for the call, Tom. Thanks for having me, Rich. You bet. That's Tom Pelissero. Follow him on Twitter. I do. Great information. Just great stuff right there. A lot of food for thought. Uh, we'll take a break. Come back. We'll talk to Ramona Shelburne on the one-year anniversary of the NBA hitting the pause button. Back here on the Rich Eisen Show on a busy Thursday. Let's talk game time. Boy, do we love using game time tickets at the Rich Eisen Show. And every single time I've been watching the basketball playoffs on TV, I've been wondering what it would be like to be at these games. And when you choose your tickets on game time, you can see the view from your seat where the court is, where you are in relation to it. And then the all-in prices, that's my favorite feature. The all-in prices makes sure that you see the lowest price guarantee and also know exactly how much everything costs all in before you purchase. So all the guests were is removed when you buy playoff tickets with game time download the game time app create an account and use my code rich for twenty dollars off your first purchase terms apply visit gametime.co for restrictions again create an account redeem my code r-i-c-h for twenty dollars off your first purchase download game time today last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed Let's talk O'Reilly Auto Parts, people, or as you might know from their jingle, O-O-O O'Reilly Auto Parts. They're in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offers friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs because you know when you need your car fixed, you need somebody who knows what they're talking about and is helpful, has a smile on their face, and gets you back on the road. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you just... Find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced, a brake light fix, or a quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. Whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice, you will find the employees at O'Reilly Auto Parts knowledgeable, helpful, and the best of all, friendly. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. We have kind of, you know, messed up the place as best we can because the man to my right, Michael Rappaport, good to see you again, sir. 
Glad to be here. I mean, I, I'm sort of here against my will. <laughs> well, you're just here so you won't get fined. Well, no, no. Because actually, I'm here against my will because I did lose a bet. All's fair and fun and fantasy. And you said you would clean the studio, and I'm, now it's time to do that. This is your janitor suit. Okay. To wear for the next hour. Ain't the first time I wore one. With the Rich Eisen Show logo on it. You got all sorts of different Ointments. spray bottles. Yes. There's a... Uh, Ajax, Bags. traditional Ajax, sweeping, no problem. Oh my God, you're just dropping oh, wow. candy on the floor to sweep up. Okay, they all. Uh, Is that to eat? Yeah, because uh, there's yeah. a five second wall. Yeah, uh, it's kind of gross. Just up there, we, we have, haven't we have gotten to the top right. of the shelf, Michael. Okay, no problem. I don't think that's probably been dusted since we started no here in problem, October man. of 2014. No problem. <laughs> Look, you can't even you can't even put the broom in the car. S- sir, sir, please let me do my job. <laughs> sir, please. let let me do my job. Okay. Uh, anybody. Oh, he's now spitting on stuff. Well, just spit polishing. This is great. Did we not even Swiffer him? We yeah, can I, I, listen. There's I, paper towels. There's lots of cleaning materials. You, you, you want to do it or you want to let a professional do it? <laughs> This is pathetic. This is, <laughs> this is this is humiliating. Michael Rappaport yeah, yeah. spraying things willy-nilly. And whatever you sprayed over there, Rappaport, has wafted over here and it's coating my throat. Ugh. Oh. What the hell is that that well, you we sprayed? Did some co- we did some country day, but we have some neutral cleaning, concentrated floor cleaner. We're going to get to you over there, my friend. It Question. stinks in here. I f- honestly feel like I am trapped <laughs> in a New York City cab <laughs> right question. now with whatever was hanging from the... Ugh. From the rear view mirror. We're on TV right now. Right now, yeah. This is what live TV has come to, huh? I think this puppy jammed up. <laughs> I think the puppy got jammed up. What kind of machine Dude, is this, man? You are the worst <laughs> I need industrial ever. strength clean. This place is down. I mean, this is like, come on, man. Oh, there you go. Hey! It's working, <laughs> People that do manual labor, they should be treated with the respect because just this little half-ass spit shine cleaning I did wore me out. Do me a favor before you leave. Clean up the mess you please. <laughs> oh, no problem. It's still a mess on the floor. No, no problem. All right. <laughs> 844-204-RICH Number to dial We're going to get uh, Ramona Shelburne on our show uh, She's uh, running a little bit behind But we'll get her as soon as she can We're back here on the Rich Eisen Show Ramona Shelburne will be joining us in a moment I've got some of those quotes from the Huddle and Flow podcast That oh, Steve nice. White stood uh, with Jim Trotter You mentioned that Jim Trotter senses that uh, Deshaun Watson's gone Based on the conversation he had with David Culley The, right. the new head coach there Right Um so I got this from the NFL Network news desk. Um, Trotter asked, God, Jim Trotter's just, he's led pipe really professional. Phenomenal. He walked straight through the front door. Yeah. Uh, well, Deshaun Watson be the starting quarterback for the Houston Texans in 2021. What are the two words that you need to hear? What have we, look, look we, we, as you know, we had Jay Adande on from uh, the Medill School of Journalism, and we, we're, we're, we're putting together a Rich Eisen show curriculum to, we teach, are. to teach the children well, to use a Crosby, a Crosby Stills They're National the future, Young right? They are, well, I mean. With all due respect. Right, that's, that's, that's going to be part of the syllabus, is that you, if you're in broadcasting, you say that, you don't have to sound like, you know, Alan Arkin from Fargo, I mean, from Argo. Um, but anyway, long story short is if you say with older sex, anything disrespectful you want, 
after that. So what what is the phrase? What are the two words, Chris? You've been around this block on the Rich Eisen show from the podcast, the show. What are the two words that when you hear it added at the end of a sentence in regards to a quarterback from a coach or a general manager that means they are history, that they are gone? What are the two words that they that you hear, Chris? Right now. Well, you're close. This moment. David Culley, when asked, is Deshaun Watson going to be the starting quarterback of Houston Texans in 2021? Quote, he is our starting quarterback as of right now. <laughs> oh. Right now is the two words that pays. Right didn't, now. He, didn't, didn't Les need right now Goff, right? He right now Goff. He right now Goff. We've heard other quarterbacks right now before. Roethlisberger got right now. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it doesn't always mean it's gone, I guess. He is our starting quarterback. Things happen between now and then, and we'll see what happens. What's the now and then? <laughs> now and then. He almost went candy, right? Now and later. <laughs> now and later. Exactly. That sounds pretty good. Wins right? now, wins then. So Jim then says, so you just opened the door. Cully, he is our starting quarterback. Trotter says the words right now. Jim knows. Jim knows. Jim knows. Jim knows, Jim knows the right now. He's is done the alert. this dance, he man. He knows when he hears the words right now that that sets off alarm bells. Wow. Cully, quote, that's right, right now, and hopefully in the future. Yeah. I can go on and on and on and on. My bank no, account and, 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 is empty and, and, right now, you know, but David hopefully Culley, I'll win the lottery. This is why, again, the Texans <laughs> have got to get David Cully off this griddle. Get him off the griddle. Yeah, he, he don't deserve this. He he's been be, waiting for his shot. He's yeah. 65 years old for crying out loud. He's finally got his shot. Give him, a, give him a real shot. A real shot is not saddling him with a quarterback controversy or worse, a, a quarterback debacle not of his own making. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's not of his own making. So get him off the griddle. Door B. There's a door A and there's a door B. I will continue to repeat this until door A is <laughs> shut down, <laughs> taped off. Door A being the current situation that they hope will continue. That they hope, if just time will tell, just let it all play out. Let the dust settle. Now and then. That's what door A is. Between now and then. What's the then? <laughs> We know what the now is. The now is now. The then is what? When's the then? Draft night? Deshaun gets Deshaun gets uh, in front of a microphone and says what he's been saying privately, putting this in a totally different area of DEFCON. Like, where, 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 when's the then? Is it, is it after draft and you start finding him? Is it training camp that he's not showing up? When's the then? Then is kind of amorphous. Then is also door B, which is the godfather offer that is exactly your dream come true, with the exception of no longer having Deshaun Watson. It's somebody offering you all the draft choices, all the draft picks. Name them. They're all the draft choices. And then on top of it, maybe even your quarterback of the future is 23 years old like Tua or Sam Darnold. My gosh, help him out a little bit here. Rich, when you teach the right now class at the, the yes. Bill School of Journalism, would yes. you bring Sammy Hagar in to help right. you with the right now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey. I'll do that. But I, as you know, as you know, um, I, I, I will go, if that's the case, 
I will have to drive to the class faster than 55 miles per hour. Well, of course, that goes without saying. Abba wabo. I cannot <laughs> drive 55. All right, ESPN uh, NBA reporter, and, um, and she wrote a dynamite column as a senior writer uh, at ESPN.com. Her podcast work is second to none as well. Ramona Shelburne here on the Rich Eisen Show. How are you, Ramona? Good. How are you doing, Rich? I am, uh, I am well, and uh, I loved your uh, piece last night, even though the subject matter is nothing to love. But the deep dive yeah. um, one, year, one year ago is when Rudy Gobert tested positive for the coronavirus and a bunch of Oklahoma City Thunder fans sitting there in the building being told to go home were kind of looking at each other. And, and so did the rest of the country after all of that. What did you glean from your reporting about what went down one year ago tonight? Well, I think what was um, what was kind of amazing is how little we all knew back on March 11th. You know, it's like, you know, the governor of Oklahoma, Kevin Stitt, essentially said, you know, we just had our first case in Oklahoma five days earlier. I mean, it really wasn't widespread. It wasn't even in Oklahoma City. It was in, it was in uh, Tulsa. And, and it just seemed like a virus. Like, oh, you know, everybody was watching it. It's in New York. It's in L.A. It's in San Francisco or something. But it was really um, more uh, something that people were just watching. They, they didn't realize it would really come to their, you know, doorstep. And I think we all had this sense um you know when rudy gobert tested positive like whoa no and and go hearing the firsthand account from from the governor from rob hennigan who's the general manager there in oklahoma city from adam silver of we've had a positive test what do we do and there's this chilling moment where clay bennett the owner of the thunder says uh what's the nba's policy on this and adam silver and his you know, I think he was on the phone also with his chief legal counsel. He said, well, what's the state policy? And Clay Bennett says, well, I got the governor right here. And, and literally the, the music is going, the game's about to tip off, and they, they have to make this incredible decision on the fly right then. And the, fortunately, they have the good sense to say, okay, let's just buy ourselves some more time. Let's just send somebody out there, tell the officials and the two teams, stop the game until we can figure out what to do. Because this is a really big decision, and we got to get it right. And it was, like, to, to realize how close things were to being different, where if the governor had didn't, wasn't at the game that night, you know, maybe he's not close enough to talk to the, to the Thunder owner. Mm. Maybe he's on the phone instead of in a conference room. Maybe they don't get word to the Thunder until halftime that night. Or maybe they wait till after the game. And then all these other players are exposed, and all these other people are exposed. I mean, all of these dominoes that fall, and they fell just right that night, at least, um, to contain what was obviously a very dangerous situation. But also this sense of, you know, the governor and the, the Thunder Brass having to make this decision w- without a lot of information. Like, is this airborne? Have people in the arena been exposed? How do we tell them to leave without causing a panic? I mean, there was, there was somebody who suggested, like, should we just pull the fire alarm? Huh, <laughs> right? I mean, right. No, don't do that. Right, okay. it, was, it was really, it was really a, a, a surreal moment of policymaking on the fly that had to be done, where Adam Silver's sitting in his car, the, the men in Oklahoma are making this huge decision. Michelle Roberts, head of the Players Union, is sitting in an Uber outside her apartment. And major policy affecting thousands of lives in the NBA that night were made 
over in a dizzying series of phone calls in about 20 or 30 minutes. So the most powerful man in the in in the NBA is like Bluetooth to his car having this conversation is basically what we're in the we're car talking. outside his apartment. I mean, I don't know. You got kids. I got kids. That's, yeah. what, that's what we do. Right. When we have before you walk in, it's going to be, you know, mom, yes. time, dad, yes. you walk in, right? Yeah. <laughs> yes. You're, you're, it's your office on four wheels because that's the peace and quiet. Oh, my God. Yes. I know exactly what you're talking I mean, about. Ramona. You know, my, my husband always jokes like, you know, he'll be like, are you home yet? I'm like, I'm in the driveway. <laughs> my, my wife Susie is the same way Ramona my kids know it's like is mom yeah. home yet oh she's just sitting in the car you know absolutely yeah. making phone calls and making deals and all that stuff unbelievable Ramona Shelburne here on the Rich Eisen show speaking to Adam Silver though I mean we all I can hear it in your voice we talked about it earlier on this show our own experiences mm-hmm. in perspective in the last year looking back at what happened one year ago tonight you know we all have our own our prism to look at it what about the commissioner who had to set up a bubble get that done the bubble as we all know almost um you know ended because of what was going on outside of the bubble with the social justice um and then turning around and having a season that had put together and they're doing it in 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 regular um, regular season uh, conditions inside of uh, arenas, albeit some more empty than others. What what is his? What was he like talking to him about it a year later? Well, it, you know, it's interesting. His it, there's 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 the positive side of it, right? Which is they pulled it off. They played ninety five percent of the games. I mean, it's right. it's not perfect. It, people complain about a lot of things. They complain about the All Star game, or they complain about rescheduled games, or playing shorthanded. But they've they sort of pushed through and. They've done it in a way that feels safe in a way. I mean, you know, they've contained outbreaks where it's dangerous for, the you know, certain teams. It's popped up in, in, in with certain teams, but then their protocols are, are working enough to where they can continue on and it, it, they seem to stem whatever outbreaks pop up within teams. Um, but the other thing, you know, the commissioner said was, you know, there's this concept of shared sacrifice where, you have to take enough time to get everybody on board to say, well, if our goal is to continue playing, if our goal is to first to finish the season and resume the season, how do we do that safely? And it may not be perfect. It may not be something that any, you know, a lot of us like even, but if we can do that, you know, this is, this is how we're going to have to find a way to do it. And this concept of shared sacrifice and everybody in the league kind of coming together and putting aside their individual, you know, needs and wants. And, you know, I mean, the players had to be away from their families for months. Right. And even now on the road, they're, they're really just in hotel rooms. They can't leave. I mean, it's, you know, there's, I can't tell you how many conversations I have now with league employees or somebody who's part of the day-to-day traveling party who gets tested every, you know, four times a day, et cetera. Um, it's this this idea that you know oh I'll talk to him next time I see him for testing <laughs> like I can't I don't see people every day that I normally do mm. and, and and even you know for us like there's so many teams that come through LA where where I covered you know the Lakers and the Clippers um, and I, I I send a text hey normally I'd come say I'd, I'll, I'll I'll see you at the game or I'll I'll meet you for coffee beforehand or after nope there's no meeting up there's no catching up except over the phone or a Zoom. I mean that's that's all there is, and I think it's this this concept that if you w- want to keep going, if you want to you know push forward and live your life somehow, you have to make you have to have this concept of shared sacrifice. And I think 
it's not over. I mean, we're going to have to keep having that, you know, as the vaccine rollout comes um, of the of of playing again after if let's say they, you know, let's say once the vaccine has rolled out and most people have gotten it or we get something close to herd immunity. It, how long is it going to take you to feel comfortable taking off the mask? <laughs> you know, I mean, it's not like people are wearing braces saying I've been vaccinated. I mean, it's, so it's it's there's this real feeling of we are still all in this together, whether you like it or not. And what about the sense again? Uh, was there obviously, as you're pointing out, you've got position people in positions of power just making a phone call, trying to make a decision on the fly that is so crucial, so much on them that mm-hmm. that. What about the sense in retrospect that that the NBA played a role of leadership in this country? Right. I mean, that because, that, that, again, for yeah. me, for me, because I do pay attention yeah. to sports and, and pop culture that that when the NBA said we're stopping for 30 days, that was like, OK, this is real in a way that I don't yeah. know if it really landed before all that. Ramona. Yeah, I you know, that was huge. And even the NBA was kind of surprised. I mean, are they like they had had meetings that day at Board of Governors call um, where they discussed the option of playing without fans. I mean, I think. At the time, um, you know, in that, that was what we were all thinking, and that felt really big. Whoa, play a game without fans? Whoa, what's that going to be like? <laughs> right. You know, I mean, that, that seemed like a huge thing. And within a, minute, a matter of hours, it was just completely obsolete. And, it was, you know, even a day or two before, we had, we had, had um, reporters were no longer going to be in the locker room. That was a big move, and I was like, fine, I don't want to be in there. <laughs> Wait, too, too, too close. Right. I, I was already there of, like, I had been to the Lakers Clippers game on the I think it was their eighth, and I had been to the Lakers Bucks on on the sixth, mm-hmm. and I already did not feel comfortable. I was washing my hands every ten minutes. I was going, you know, but none of us were wearing masks. I mean, we were all bunched in there, and you know, huge crowd. You know, we we call it the scrum, right? It's this big crowd of people around players, and it's just very tight quarters. I mean, that was super dangerous. Um, and you know, we all had gotten to this place where it was like. Yeah, we knew this was a big threat. We knew this was a big deal. But at the time, there weren't there were cases, but it wasn't it didn't seem like it was everywhere and lurking behind anything, um, and, like it does now. And you know, I don't think we have ever had even a consciousness about masks, right? You know, so the I wrote a story, and we also did a podcast. It's a thirty for thirty podcast. That's also um, out that kind of tells the oral history of it. And um, you know, at, at that point. I don't, it's amazing all the things that happened on March 11th, but Dr. Fauci had testified before Congress, and somebody asked a question about professional sports, and even at that moment, he said, well, I think they should think about playing without fans. And uh, one of my colleagues, you know, Jeff Silgett and Mark Medina, they have a story in USA Today today, which talks about, you know, the deputy commissioner, Mark Tatum, um, heard that statement, and that landed with him really deeply. Like, whoa, oh, okay, we should play without fans? But you know, in my conversation with the commissioner, he essentially said, you know, at that moment, we, you know, none of, no public health official had said you have to stop the games. Like, we weren't even to that place. And so now you look back on it, you're like, of course they should have stopped the games. What were we all thinking? Like, that should have been two weeks earlier even, because, you know, as we found out pretty quickly, there was a, there were several other players in the NBA who were positive, teams who had played either the Jazz or had picked it up elsewhere. Um, I know a lot of people had picked it up in Mar- early March. But it was, uh, 
it was a it was an it was a, a a crazy revel you know a crazy moment and day and then and by the way do you remember March 11th what also happened that 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 morning Tom Harvey Hanks was, Tom Hanks going to be Tom yeah. Hanks yep. I mean lots of things happened on March 11th it sure did one year <laughs> and, ago and that was the day it wasn't just sports that came crashing down it was like that was the day that like everything did that the, that COVID became very real for everyone and I I always flash back on what. Um, you know, earlier in that week, we'd all been hearing, you know, this, uh, some of the public health officials who said, you know, if, you, if you're thinking about shutting down soon and when you should do it, the answer is yes. Do it now. Do it yesterday. Because every day that goes by that you haven't shut down is another day that this virus is exponentially growing in your community. And I don't think we understood what that meant until March 11th. Ramona, great piece, great um, piece of reporting, and I appreciate the call. Let's do this in a couple weeks when we're we're talking about the game. I really appreciate it. Thank you for the call, Ramona. Yeah, you're welcome, Rick. It's Ramona Shelburne, uh, ESPN.com. Go check it out. What a heck of a piece. How about that? Commissioner sitting in his car. Michelle Roberts is in an Uber. The owner of the uh, the Thunder is like, hold on. I happen to have the governor right here. (laughs) And they're all like, well, what's the protocol? I don't know. Have you lived through a pandemic? I haven't. <laughs> right? right? And just exactly. real quick before we'll take a break right here. You around? Just like you talk about, you know, people had it. We all know everybody out there, everybody out there listening, watching right now, you know, and you know people who would say that's January or February before. Sickest I've ever been. I was in, I was in the house for a week. I've never felt that way before. Did they have it then? I mean, I know so many people that February, when they're at the Super Bowl, I was so sick two weeks ago. You have no idea. Hey, it looks like you lost weight. I was so sick in January. I was so sick in February. Crazy. All right, when we come back here on the Rich Eisen Show, apparently one team, only one team did not go to the uh, pro day in Clemson. That's next on the Rich Eisen Show. It's that time of year, people. Spring has sprung, and that means spring cleaning, or at least the partner in your life is demanding that you do it. Whether that means stocking up on cleaning supplies or swapping out your winter clothes for new spring clothes, make sure you're using Ibotta and get real cash back with every purchase. Ibotta is a free app that gives you the most cash back every time you shop on hundreds of items from groceries to beauty supplies to toys. The average Ibotta user earns $256 per year. That could cover the cost of an entire shopping trip, that flight you've been eyeing, or the fancy dinner you've been craving. Join the over 50 million users and earn cash back every time you shop from over 2,700 brands and retailers. And right now, Ibotta is offering our listeners $5 for just trying Ibotta by using the code Eisen when you register. Just go to the App Store or Google Play Store and download the free Ibotta app to start earning cash back and use my code E-I-S-E-N. That's I-B-O-T-T-A in the Google Play or App Store and use my code Eisen. Let's talk sleep number, people, because quality sleep is so essential. That's why the sleep number smart bed is dissolved for your ever-evolving sleep needs. And the same thing for your partner. So you can choose what's right for each of you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Quiets your snores or... 
your partners. Sleep Number does that. My Sleep Number setting is 60. My wife's is 70. Ten numbers apart, but it truly is the world of difference. The Sleep Number sleep that you get is unbelievable. You will love it. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now you could save 50%. That's 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. This is the last day you, sir, Brett Favre, will ever not be a Hall of Famer from sunup to sundown. I haven't thought about that. But you're kind of... I'm the perspective guy. That's what I did. What are your thoughts about the enshrinement here for the Pro Football Hall? You know, sometimes, because um, it's been, a, as we were talking uh, prior to coming on, it, it's been a busy year mm-hmm. or last eight, eight months, I guess. And you almost kind of get inundated with all the stuff and, rather than just kind of like soaking it all in like this is really – uh, just an incredible honor. Have you thought about who is going to present you in Canton uh, next yeah. summer? Yeah. Um, I'm not going to tell you. Oh, God. <laughs> no. Why'd you let me sit there for a few seconds like that, Brett? I mean, um, you thought about, like, I'm going to well, I mean, throw it you out You told there? me prior to coming on here, yeah. drama. Yes, drama. I did. Yeah. Did. So, well, you drama. <laughs> <laughs> so not, you know, so you, rich. so you know who it is right now. You know, who yeah, it is. Does that do. person know who it is? Right sort now? of, sort of, sort yeah. of. Is it Mooch? He wished. <laughs> he wished. <laughs> if I had told you when you were starting out in, in Green Bay that you would be a pro football famer with two grandchildren on the day that you're going, would you have believed I, it? No, I wouldn't have believed it. You know, I, it would. It would be. Uh, yeah, like, really? It's just hard. You know, yeah, physically, but to be good mm-hmm. or good enough for that long. Right. So everything I ever dreamed of, uh, hope would happen, has, has come true, and then some. You do realize that after tomorrow night, when you're enshrined, that is your last chance to announce a comeback. Well, you I'm, do realize you know, I was going to ask you, you yeah. know, like, say Sunday, if I said, you know, I think I'm going to play another you can't do that? You can. Will you, can? will you do that on NFL game day morning? Will you make that announcement on NFL? Well, I'll see how I feel Sunday morning. <laughs> so wake you know? up. You know, it's yeah. a super Sunday. You might feel that itch again. Do you miss it at all, though? One day where you just you know, wake I, up. And like, I, I, just... I really don't. Um, you know, I miss the kind of the non-football stuff. You, you know, funny events and stuff. That, right. But not, like, if, you know, you see a big win. Yeah. You go, yeah, that's, that's good. But the... The other team, yes. I don't miss being the other team, and it's just a matter of time before the bad hits before it comes and gets you. Yeah, so I don't miss that. Stuff far that's five years ago, five plus years ago. YouTube.com/slash Rich Eisen Show for all of our archived material. Back here on the Rich Eisen Show Radio Network. Okay, so um, two pro days today. 31 teams at Clemson, 31 teams at Texas. <laughs> one, two different, two different teams were the one team to not appear. Oh, in really? Oh, wow. Oh, I, I thought, I thought Urban Meyer's on his boat somewhere. Yeah. Right? No, 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 no. Jacksonville was at both. 
Oh. Well, I mean, this, it's not just Trevor Lawrence is already his pro day. Trevor's not out there in Clemson. It's everyone not named Trevor Lawrence at the pro day today. And Clemson, as you know, has got some good players. Yeah, they do. I mean, yeah. All right. The team not at the Texas Longhorns Pro Day is the team that you guys sell your season tickets for. Uh-huh. No, I don't. Los Angeles Rams apparently not at the Texas Pro Day today. Interesting. And the team that is not at the Clemson Pro Day today. Interesting. The one team. Let's think. Is NFC or AFC? TJ Jefferson's oh. Dallas. Uh, that was my guess. Wow. Well, we all need to be there. Wow. I mean, wow. we do need to be there. Who Nathan in Los Angeles has been hanging <laughs> out for quite some time. Let's yeah. take Nathan's call. What's up, Nathan? Hey, how's it going, man? Thanks hey, for man. hanging on. What's hey, your mind, sir? I've only have about a minute for you. I know you've been hanging on forever. What do you have? All right, all right quickly. Um, I had a thought when you were talking about Jerry's comments earlier about being the, you know, Dak was taken the most, has been most taken advantage of by Dak. Does that mean Dak is a better negotiator than Dion? Oh, well done, yeah, Nate. Well done, Nathan. I appreciate that. And thank you for the call. Good question. That's interesting. Good question. He's better to go. Well, he's had more leverage than anybody else. Interesting. He's had more leverage than anybody else. When you're quarterback and you've been, by the way, wait, Nathan's been hanging on for a long time to ask that question. Should I ask that of Dion? We'll get Irv here and we'll ask him because better than Irv's, better than anyone else. Get 40 million out of him. Well, Irv got hit with the okie doke, right? Rich? Everybody, everybody's got hit with the okie doke, pretty much. So uh, we just had this conversation with Ramona Shelburne about it's one year ago today that um, the NBA uh, put a pause, and Tom Hanks uh, contracted coronavirus, and a lot of us began to look at the pandemic in a different way, and then shutdowns began, and then lives began to be turned upside down, and that's part of the reason why I started my new podcast called Just Getting Started, where I elicit the origin stories of successful people and maybe give you something portable if you are trying to get started on a new life or trying to realize a dream or an ideal or an idea. Uh, Maybe you can pull something from somebody's story of how they just got started. Matthew McConaughey was my inaugural guest last week. It drops every Friday, it being the latest episode of the podcast. So episode two is Shark Tank's Damon John who, believe it or not, went from Red Lobster to Shark Tank. When I first realized I couldn't hit the curveball, I couldn't make a jump shot, I couldn't do all that, I knew I'd have to talk about it for a living to get to where I wanted to go. So I guess you you had the same revelation in your area of uh, of your world. huh? I did, I did, and I stumbled so many times, and I started so many little businesses that I started out of the need to want to make money and think I was going to be a good jillionaire in one year after this business and they never worked out. I fell mm-hmm. on my face. I was also the guy who was too cool in school that after I uh, finished high school I took the one year off of college really to party and club and I never went back to college and I laughed at all those kids in school who were applying for colleges and I turned around and I was 22 years old I was working at Red Lobster and the kids who I laughed at were coming back and I was serving them shrimp in Red Lobster with tartar sauce on my apron and it struck me maybe I'm the idiot um, so I never thought at, after my uh, you know at that point that I would ever be a person of the level of success that maybe I I have now I thought that first of all I was never gonna do anything illegal and obviously I can't rap so 
I'm going to start just working every day, nine to five, or whatever it is. Maybe I'll get a city job. Maybe I'll do something of that nature. But that was where I found FUBU because uh, I was working the day job. And I was happy with it, to be very honest. I'm always happy with the decisions I make. Um, but I found a hobby called FUBU because I just love to dress people. And I wouldn't realize that I would be here with you today. Just many stories just like that. Uh, Damon John giving some some quality advice and, and um, the way he just got started was pretty amazing. And I'm pleased to say uh, uh, other guests that are, are going to appear on Just Getting Started where all podcasts can be acquired in the coming weeks. Soledad O'Brien will be a guest. Um, and I've just booked two other ones. The best-selling novelist Harlan Coben will be on the show. And Dr. Anthony Fauci as well nice. will be on Just Getting Started to give everybody some advice on how nice. they got started in their careers and what we can all do to just band together and try and get through this together. So I'm pleased to announce all that and get it where all podcasts can be acquired, uh, including the podcast version of this show every single day, the Rich Eisen Show, all three hours available. And so today's pod will wrap up right now. Ian Rappaport, Trent Dilford, Tom Pelissero, and Ramona Shelburne. I want to thank all of them, and I want to thank all of you guys out there a very solemn night for all of us to just go hug somebody and call somebody and tell them that we love them when we come back on peacock we'll take you to for brother from another but we'll see everyone else on the radio on friday